Vancouver Island, a land full of rich, diverse cultures where you will find hippies and rednecks at the same local brew pub, blue collar and white collar camping side by side at the lakes, and old and young and everyone in between with one thing in common, we love our island. It's not everybody's cup of tea or hot chocolate, and it's not always like the pictures on Instagram make it out to be, but camping is one of my favorite pastimes, so much so that I made a career of it for the last 10 years of my life. Here are some stories of my life experiences here on Vancouver Island in the area of camping, spending nights under the stars. I think I was four years old when I think about my first camping trip. And the first thing that I can remember is an extreme high and extreme low. The extreme high was catching my very first fish with my dad. I remember we were out on Mohan Lake and we were canoeing around and my dad had fashioned this container. We didn't have a cooler with us or anything at the time, but we had this container and it was a sunripe apple juice, one liter container. And I remember it had some water in it. And I remember catching fish after fish after fish. And I still to this day cannot remember a time where I caught that many fish back to back, but I had it on all my fingers. I had four beautiful trout. And I remember proudly bringing them back to camp and not really loving the smell of them, not really loving the feel of them, but the feeling of accomplishment and pride in having accomplished the adventure and task that I had set out to do was something that, again, I'll never forget. And I remember just dad smiling and, and mom smiling when she saw us all come out there and, and show us these fish. And oh man, they were all so excited. I didn't want to eat them. I had nothing to do with that. I did not like the taste. I was an extremely picky eater. But it was, again, just this, this incredible experience. And then I remember the extreme low being when I had to have a bath. I think we must have been there for, for quite a few days in order to happen. Either that or, I mean, I've got kids of my own and they get absolutely filthy when they're out just in my backyard. So imagine that times 10 when you're out camping. But I remember having to have a bath and I remember mom boiling the water and and I was convinced she was going to boil me alive. And still to this day, I, that temperature of that water is something I don't think that I could either forget either. I remember things so vividly as a kid, the highs and the lows, but that one in particular was just like, wow, I felt for sure like my skin was going to melt off. So why do we do it? Why do we go camping? Why is it something that we continue to come back to um, as <laughs> this pastime that we gear up, put all of this effort and time into this thing that we do in the bush. And I think that there's something really special about it. We kind of touched on it on the episode where we talked about portaging and how it was an ancient practice of, of these different civilizations that used this in order to accomplish a goal. And now we do it essentially for fun and enjoyment in some weird twisted way and I feel like camping for some people that that's that same experience but for me it's like coming home there's something about being outside there's something about being in the wilderness there's something about being in the outdoors and being not withheld from it anymore being a part of it I find that when we live in the four walls of our own homes, we, we miss something, that there's something different about our connection with the outdoor natural world. And when we get to go camping, you're reminded once again 
of how close you are to really a whole lot of nothing um, when it comes to your own abilities and your own survival even like it's just a very raw experience and I think that it's important for us to continue to come back to that so that's the only thing that I can come up with that we're like why do we why do we do this thing sure it's fun to get away and it's and it's an exciting pastime to do and there's fun things that you can do depending on what kind of camping you do but why do we do wilderness remote camping where you go off the grid now with no cell phone no wi-fi no nothing and disconnect and be a part of something special and i think that that's something that's really important for our culture and i think that it's really beautiful that we continue to do that but i totally recognize that that is not everybody's cup of tea like i said before it's really something bizarre for a lot of people to go and do that and it can be a very terrifying experience uh, when I worked at Camp Bob up in north of Campbell River, it was a wilderness adventure camp. That was what it was designed to be. There was no cell service. It was off the grid, um, very, very remote. And so we would have kids that would come and experience camping for the very, very first time. And one of the things that struck me, like having grown up with it and being a part of my own culture, I had taken so many of the things like marshmallows around a fire for, for granted. It's just something, yeah, of course, everybody does that. And even if you don't go camping, you might do it on the stove or something. I remember bringing in school groups from Campbell River and teachers um, nearly in tears because they were seeing these kids experience this for the very first time. It was very profound. It was a very beautiful experience to see these kids roast a marshmallow for the very first time, make a s'more, uh, be out there and play wide games. Like it was a very new experience to a lot of people. I think a big reason why I want to continue to show people stories from the wilderness and hear people's stories like we had on this podcast so far is to inspire more people to realize the value of spending time outdoors, uh, the value of spending time camping and what that does for your family unit, your friend group, whatever, whatever people um, that you spend time with. That there's something really special about roughing it together, being out away from everything that you normally know. We had lots of these different um, adventures working at camp and, and there's too many stories to count and so many experiences there with the people and, uh, and the, the kids that, of the North Island. And so we had so, so many, but here's, here's a few. As a, as a director of the camp um, and working with the program like I did, you had a variety of different experiences and different uh, responsibilities that you had but one of them was is that you you basically were on call 24 hours a day you're out in the wilderness you're a pro you're somebody who's trained in the first aid that's what you're there for and so we decided to invent this part of the program called like an out trip and again being a wilderness remote camp um, it was it was kind of ironic because for the most part it really really, really was uh, very remote and it was already very much an out trip for most kids but because, you know, there's a few of us that just keep wanting more of that adventure, we decided to create another version of that out on the lake. And so we decided to create, we had six different tent groups every single week. And we would create six different spots that kids could go uh, on this one evening where they would pack everything up and they would spend a night under the stars. They'd bring a tarp with them that they could lay on and they would bring a tarp that they could put over top and we would train our staff, um, at least we would try to train our staff. For those that are listening, you know who you are. Some of you were absolute stars in it. The other ones, you had, you had other giftings and that's okay. 
but we would have these kids go out and do these adventures and it's just it, it, we started asking ourselves i think as directors whether or not it was worth it because of the amount of time and effort it was kind of this cautious optimism that we would go into every single week wednesday night with the older 11 to 13 year old campers they were going to go and do this out trip and so we either knew it was going to be a long, long night. And for those of you that are parents, you know what that's like. You're like, you just don't know what you're going to get with that little one. Well, imagine 64 of them. And now we have no idea what's going to happen. I spent many a night in a canoe paddling through the dark, delivering Tylenol to someone who had an earache or hiking back a group of girls who had a frog experience and were convinced that it was a cougar. And hiked them back and, you know, twisted ankles and all sorts of fun things. But one of the ones that, that I remember uh, really, really clearly, <laughs> was kind of a fun one, was, was again, one of these, uh, we've got a, we got a cougar for sure calls. And so this call came in on the radio and it was, hey, Bench, Bench, uh, are you there? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, what's up? I think we got, I think we got like a bear or, or a cougar or something in the bush. I, all right, all right, cool. Get the, get the group together and and find a safe location, and we'll come and we'll come and take a look. By this point, it's already dark, and so me and the uh, executive director, um, we would go go out and grab the boat and and make our way over. So we get there, and like, where where's the sounds coming from? And, and it was it was the furthest out group, of, of course, right? Like way way out there, and uh, and so they were looking around for for this thing, and they were, everybody's a little bit on edge, and say, well, we'll go check it out. Well, we're looking through the bush and we're looking for sign and we're looking for anything and we're going, okay, I, I, I'm not, not seeing anything. But again, you can have one of those beautiful bullfrog toads or, or frogs that's going through the bush and they will literally sound like a 250 pound man or cougar or something going through the bush. So we're kind of going, you know, I don't think it's really that big of a deal, everybody. I think we're going to be okay, but we'll still take a look around. And, and for those of you that uh, that are Canadian, there there are things that are a little bit scarier than sometimes a cougar and a bear, and that is what we found in the following bay, the Canada goose. And really, if you have never experienced a Canada goose at its finest, they are terrifying. They will squawk, they will hiss, they will come after you, they will run after you, and they will protect their land. And there there were two Canada geese sitting there on a log in the other bay making the same sounds that you would ever think that every cougar and every bear or any other big predator would make and so there was a false alarm and we were able to go and arrest them assured it's just a canada goose don't worry about it we had another experience where we were going uh same same me and the executive director at the time and uh we were going down the trail and this was a great learning experience and i've touched on bear spray before and i'm going to circle back to bear spray because this was a bad experience with bear spray and here's what not to do we had heard some sounds off in the bush down by the main area of the camp again remote area to paint the picture remote area cougar capital of the world when it comes to density of the cougar, cougar population north of campbell river so we're on edge, but we never see them, but we still know that they're there. As the saying goes, you never see them, but they always see you. We walked down the trail and we had bear spray in our hands. I think we both had it too at the same time. And I remember walking down this trail, kind of one step after the other, it was a dead calm night. And so you know that if you're going to startle anything up, it's going to happen. 
and all the kids are all camping on their other side and, and they have no idea what's going on. But here we are walking underneath the stars, one step, two steps through the rocks. And then all I hear is a hissing sound. I said, what's that? And he says, what's that? We both look at each other. I'm spinning around. In my wisdom, I had decided to disengage the bear spray and take the safety off because, you know, you never know what you're going to need to have that hair trigger finger right on that bear spray at any given moment. And I decided that that was a good idea. Well, the hissing sound was the bear spray discharging all around us as I was spinning around. Well, seconds later, we were in a cloud of, pear, of uh, bear spray pepper and, uh, and learning a very valuable lesson um, that sometimes you can be too prepared. But all that to say, why did we create parts of our program or parts of our lives that were nights under the stars? And the stories of people that would come back afterward of this, the raw connection that you would feel with being in the outdoors made it worth it every single time. And I think that you, if you have camped, that that's something that you hopefully have connected with as well, is that there's just something really, really remarkable in the adventures that you can have. Um, they're vivid, they're meaningful, and it's like they happened yesterday. And it's all because a group of people decided to head out to the wilderness and make memories together and still have friendships today that we still go out and, and experience these different places and camping. <laughs> it's just such a fun thing to experience. One of the other stories that I remember is that we decided to take it another another level. So again, um, I'm not much of a, a RV camper. I've done some of it, but I really love the connection as you can kind of get from, especially from this episode. I love being out in the outdoors, but there's some tension there. It is really quite difficult because you do feel that that thinness with that nylon wall and that tent isn't really, really thick when you're thinking about that big old black bear coming tearing through your camp. So naturally, we decided to conquer our fear by creating more opportunity for, you know, further, further adventure. I was working for um, another school program and we, uh, I was approached and asked if we would do kind of a, a one-off wilderness experience to really kind of get that really raw backcountry feel of roughing it and yeah, getting into bushcraft and, and cooking in the bush and so i think it was early spring so it was still cold it wasn't really warm yet and uh and so me and uh and my buddy tim um i, I roped him into to joining me so tim if you're listening thanks so much buddy it was a great time we uh took these guys there was i think we had four four or five students and decided to go and do like the full, we're gonna build a shelter, we're gonna find all of the stuff on site, we're just gonna bring a tarp and make this thing happen. And so we we did, and it was really quite something. We hiked off into the bush and we scouted out this place, you know, as if we were these long lost pioneers going out and doing these frontiersman things and finding a spot for the night by the river where we could get good water access and defend our camp. And so it was just so much fun to be able to unleash the inner boy, to be able to go and do that, the inner adventurer. And uh, so we built this, this lean-to and made it waterproof, and we were all so very, very proud of it. And, uh, and it cooked right by the river, and I remember we, we boiled all of the pre-cooked sausage the first night because, you know, that's a great idea. And, uh, you know, just so we could keep it going. It was like just things you just did not fully think through, but it was just so much fun to just kind of experiment and have fun together making this, this whole thing happen. I didn't sleep a wink 
throughout the entire night. And I'm lying there going, why? Why am I doing this? Like, what is the connection? What is the reason behind doing this thing? Camping, sleeping under the stars. I, this is not fun. This is not enjoyable. Like, and it took me back to, again, being a kid and how creating that experience for that kid and, and for those group of boys, they didn't feel the same way. They felt protected. They felt like, you know, these leaders have it all under control. And I thought it was a really interesting perspective to have because I always just expected that adults always had it all together. When you're responsible, when you're the leader, when you're somebody who's guiding that night under the stars, it is a, is a very sobering experience because you start to realize all of the things that could possibly go wrong. All of the things you didn't bring. All of the things that could happen to any one of us at any given time. I think that that is something that needs to be taught in school. That needs to be something that is taught at a, at a fundamental level to anybody who wants to have any type of responsibility. I don't care if it's a CEO of the biggest company taking over Jeff Bezos's company in Amazon or whatever. I don't care what it is. I feel like everybody should have the opportunity to be able to feel that connection of, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the resources, but I'm going to make do with what I have. And there's a sobering experience with that process of being responsible for other people. But you don't do it on your own. And that's the neat thing is that I had mentors and people that were able to point the directions forward and how to do that well, how to camp well. I had parents that invested their time in spending time in the outdoors and getting me to go and spend time in the outdoors. And so I realized there's a privilege there. There's something that I get to carry forward. But I love that we get to do that now as parents where my wife and I, which camping is not her passion, yet she knows the value of it. And still worked at a, at a wilderness kids camp for 10 years, having no real passion for the outdoors like myself. But she saw the value in what it does for this next generation and that it's a kind of a, a semi-universal tool to be able to give kids an opportunity to really see what they're made of, to be able to create new adventures and add stories of their own. And I think that that is something that's truly beautiful and something I don't want to see uh, lost and I think that's why it's really, really neat that here in BC, we have so many different camping opportunities and so many different resources for that. I think on Vancouver Island alone, we have like 5,800 different provincial, just provincial. That's not like forest sites or, or like the recreation sites that you'll see or the private sites and stuff. Just the provincial campsites, there's 5,800 which is an incredible opportunity to be able to do that with your family. And it doesn't matter where you are. And I feel like there's a bit of like this kind of like hush, hush, don't tell people where to go. And, and you know, that's where we've always gone. And it's, it's this bit, but there's something because it's precious. There's something that has value there that I think is really quite neat. Uh, and so anyway, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit about it, but I think that it's something that we don't want to lose as a culture and that I'm a big advocate for. So if you are listening to this and maybe camping isn't something you've considered, maybe camping isn't something that was passed on to you like it was to me that wasn't um, cultivated as a part of your upbringing. But I would encourage you to seek people out that are um, passionate about it and that have the resources and have the experience to do it well. And uh, I think that, well, 
I'm only speaking for myself, but I think there's a tremendous amount of value. And having seen literally thousands of children go through kids camps and come out the other side, whether or not it was their thing, whether or not it was their cup of tea or hot chocolate, they walked away with something more about an understanding of who they are and the connection to the world around them. And that, I think we can agree, is truly beautiful. So if you're looking for the magical campsite, for that perfect place that's connected close to wherever it is you find yourself on Vancouver Island, or if you're visiting from afar, first place that you want to look is bcparks.ca, or if you want to do actual booking, you're looking at discovercamping.com which is a great resource for being able to do group sites if you want to do them. And it's also great for looking at what's available. And there is a variety um, of different camping opportunities from being able to bring your big rig right into a beautiful lake to hiking into the Alpine and the amazing places that are way out more remote. Um, costs are kind of subjective to the different areas, but they run at different prices. But you can find that information um, again on BC Parks. We'll tell you all about that. If you also want another uh, pro tip, and we've mentioned this one in this show before, but Backroads Maps are a really great and amazing resource that I have found for finding new places. And a lot of them, um, not very many people know about. And so you can find neat spots that uh, you may find um, more to your liking because maybe you uh, really do want that truly remote experience. And maybe you want that community experience. And it will tell you which sites have um, more opportunity and less opportunity for camping and for being able to reserve and being able to book. So that's kind of our tips and tricks. This one's a short episode for us this week. It was a beautiful weekend for us. We were camping up at Buttle Lake and, uh, and being able to see this firsthand. Uh, we, I think we had, oh, I think it was 18 different kids um, between all of the families that were there riding their, their uh, bicycles and making them sound like motorbikes with their pop bottles and, and swimming in the lake and going fishing and just adventuring and having a blast together. And, uh, and so there's something really, really, I think, unique about what I have been able to grow up into. But it all started with some group of people um, years back and generations back that decided that this has value and this is something that we want to pass on. And it's really quite something to be able to see it happen with our own kids because we get to see them develop new skills, new interactions, and is something that's in a concentrated dose. School does a really great job of being able to do that throughout the rest of the year. But there's something about waking up seeing people at their absolute uh you know messiest and uh and not well put togetherness and i think that that's really quite something to see and and to be a part of because there's a coming together that happens out of the art of camping so if you have got questions if you've got places um, if you've got things that you um, hear that inspire you that you want to to share with the rest of the world send us an email at the wild islander podcast at gmail.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and spread the word uh, about the Facebook, uh, sorry, about the um, podcast, <laughs> not about the Facebook. And, and if this is valuable to you, if there is something that you see that, uh, that's been beneficial to you, let us know. Uh, write it in with a comments uh, section of any of the posts that we make. Uh, leave a review on any of the platforms that you use for podcasting. Uh, that helps get the word out because really this needs to be a resource for the people and the places of Vancouver Island, for those moving here, for those living here, and those that want to experience more of the wilderness and the outdoors. That's it for this week. 
Thanks so much for joining us on the Wild Islander podcast. Join us next week where we're going to be having a guest that I'm very excited to reveal. And we are going to be having a very fun time talking more about the wild places. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.